You're listening to the Monumental Me Mindshare Podcast. We're collecting stories and having conversations with real people who inspire us to thrive in life. Thinkers and doers and people like you. This is Liana Slater of Monumental Me. Today we're talking to Joey Wolfer. Joey is a great example of somebody who lives her life with passion and purpose. Joey is a businesswoman, a wife, a mother of two young daughters, a world traveler, and a lover of fashion and beautiful things. So we're gonna talk about marriage, we're gonna talk about Joey's businesses, we're gonna talk about Joey's ability to pick herself up after a struggle and move on, which is one secret to her success. Thanks for joining us. I don't accept failure as something that's like gonna put me down. I just take it, I learn from it and I move on. And I think, you know, that has been something that has allowed me to keep growing as a businesswoman, as a mother, as a wife. I think if I really harbored on all the things that I failed at, I, I would be pretty depressed. I will introduce you, Joe. You are the co-owner of Wolfer Estate Vineyard, Wolfer Estate Stables, and Wolfer Kitchen. And you are the founder of Joey Wolfer, which is a collection of clothing boutiques. And you're also a wife and a mother of two daughters. I will hand it over to you if there's anything else you'd like to share before we get into some questions about yourself. Yes, I I'm, I'm actually own the, the vineyard with my brother, who is um, 16 years older than me. We had different moms, and we sort of became close when my dad died. And then the, the stables I own with my, with my brother and my older sister and my younger sister. So there's four of us in that. And then we also have Wolfer Kitchen and Amagansett, which is a restaurant that focuses on our wine and pairing with food, because we always say that we're, we serve food-friendly wines. And I founded Joey Wolfer, which started as a style liner, a fashion boutique on wheels in 2010, which was sort of my first business that I explored into and ventured into. And now, uh, a lot many years later, here we are. <laughs> yes. Well, we invited you as a guest on Monumental Me, our Mindshare podcast, which is relatively new. So I'm so excited you are joining us now because I believe and what I've seen from what I know about you is you really seem to live your life with passion and purpose. And we are in the process of creating these high quality, accessible tools for all women to use for inspiration. And so many women are trying to bounce back from this crazy year of COVID. We want to help people come back stronger than before. And I've been helping women for a long, long time, 20 years now through my business school, but I want to bring all of that to a broader audience. And I love having you have such a breadth of experience in what you do. But again, as I said, I just really feel like you live your life with passion and purpose. And you just, I want you to share kind of your energy and some of the insights you get from all of the stuff that you're juggling right now. I think juggling is what makes me who I am. People often say like, how do you do all that you do? Well, first of all, I don't. I have <laughs> amazing teams in every business I have, which I think is probably one of my best qualities is surrounding myself with great people. I think that the key to being successful is is to make sure that you know what you can and can't do and what your limits are. And then surround yourself with people who can you know, help support you. 
it was funny because my husband last night was like, he's like, well, what is an entrepreneur? Because, you know, you know, and I said, listen, I, I, he was kind of questioning my, he wasn't questioning my entrepreneurship, but he was saying, you know, with the winery, we really built it into what it is. But when we, when we took it over for my father, it was, it was, it was just pouring out money. Like it was, mm-hmm. it had never seen a profit. It was a passion project. It was not built as a business, you know? And when we came in, you know, I said, was very straightforward from the beginning and said, it, this, I could, this can only exist if I can turn it around. And so we turned it around together. And I was thinking, oh, like, you know, because when he said that to me, I was sort of like taken aback. But I think my my entrepreneurial spirit is being able to do a lot of things mm. and keep going and keep creating. And then, okay, I failed at that one. That's fine. Move on to the next. And I think you really can only do that if you have the character that I have, which honestly, I'm very sensitive, but I somehow can move on. You know, even in an argument, I can move on. Even if it's something that really upsets me, I can move on. And I think that's the biggest thing that kind of makes me who I am and where I am is that who cares? Move on, on to the next. And it wasn't like he had this extra amount of money. It was just like, there's nothing I can do about it. It's a, a thing that I, I, that I invested in and it didn't work out, but I've got to move on. If I want to stay positive and keep creating and keep, you know, investing, like I can't harbor on that. I can't think about that anymore, you know? So I definitely think I I learned a lot of that from him. I also had, you know, I dealt with a lot at a young age, death and, you know, just difficult things that made my life, that, that were very difficult, like struggle when I was younger. And I think as a result, it's kind of created who I am. If that makes sense, I I was definitely a shy kid. I don't think that in the beginning, when I was young, I had I showed that at all. But I think as I grew up and I went through a lot and I, and I experienced a lot of insecurity and suffering and falling on my face and getting back up again. And you know, in writing, we fall all the time. And and in one day in in writing, you can be a hero, and the next day you're a loser. You know, that's the sport. And I think that's also really helped me. But I, it's been a, a kind of a collective thing of of struggle of, you know, my dad really inspiring me in that way. And then really the horses that just that there's, there's never a moment that you can ever have too much ego in, in horses. They're not going to stand for that. So. Well, it's not that it's just that like, it doesn't matter how good you are. Every good rider has a bad day. Right. Right. You know, and you've been riding since you were quite young. Is that something Six. that's going to be part of Yes. And I used to, I used to fall off my pony bike every day. So I, you know, I kind of, a little bit learned that from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, that you physically have to just pick yourself up and keep going as well as what you just described, working through struggles and, and doing that for yourself. And, and that's so relevant to what's happening right now. I think, you know, some people have been able to make the best of this last 14 months of COVID and other people have really felt deflated. So that's one reason why my partner and I are, are just working to create some tools for people to get out of a rut right now. So it's really helpful to hear that that aside from COVID, just, you know, as a young child, you really kind of had experienced struggle. And that sounds like it really brought you to where you are today. I actually was like doing a little bit. I was actually, even though I'm kind of a last minute preparer, I was actually preparing a bit for this. And there is this, there's, I want to read this to you because it's really poignant to me is this Oprah quote, which feels cliche quoting Oprah, but She's amazing. It's that everything that has happened to you was also happening for you. And at all that time, in all those moments, you were building strength. Strength times strength times strength equals power. What happened to to you can be your power. And I think it's, it's so telling. It's so real. I mean, every, I, if I look at my life and I look at all the things that have happened that were so hard, they also made me who I am. 
you know, losing my father at 26 at a time where I kind of needed that guidance. I was climbing the corporate ladder. I was really become, become a director in my company. I was you know, there and then I lost that. And then I was forced to decide whether or not I was going to stay in the business that he had created. And then I, then I had to live. And then I was like, I'm going to leave New York City and all my friends to live out here. It was so many things that happened at once. And it was a lot. But it also is exactly who I, it all happened. And look at me now, like, look at what it created for me. You know, look at the opportunity it created for me to live a pla- in a place where it's amazing to raise my kids. It's, I can ride, I can be the, I'm an outdoors person. So to, I can be in the outdoors the way I, I want it to be. But I think in the moment I was like, absolutely, like, this is horrible, you know? Right. 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 So now you live about two and a half hours from New York City, just to clarify. And are you is your home in East Hampton or is in it in Sag Harbor. Harbor? In, in Harbor. Yeah. Harbor. Right. So, yeah. So that's a good two and a half hours from, from New York City. And at 26 years old, I can imagine that wasn't exactly where you wanted to be. It's like way more concerned about like what bar I was going to go to with my friends than right. like how I was going to keep my family business going, you know? Yes. Or whether I was going to give it up to a, to a sibling. So so what inspired you to stick to it, to, to stick with your siblings and especially your eldest brother and, and keep it going? I mean, I really thought like I am first generation American. My, my dad was German and my mom is English and my whole family lives in Germany and England. And I really thought, what am I going to tell my kids one day that, you know, that we created or that we, that is in our family and our name. And I was literally like about to sign, you know, sign it over to my brother. He was buying us all out. And I said to him, I'm not going to do it. And he's, he said, nothing would make me happier than to partner with you. I didn't really know what that meant. And at mm. that point I was again, very young and he was much older with his life already formed. You know, he, he had kids and w- wife and businesses. And this was just like another thing for him. Whereas for me, it was like a huge life change. But I think it was just like my mother who, you know, came to me and my husband came to me and they kind of said, we don't think you want to sell. And I was like, I think you're right. You know, I think it, I don't want to sell. And so it was, you know, I was lucky to have the guidance that I had around me and the support that I had around me to make that decision. And I'm so happy I made it because it's definitely given me such opportunity in my life. Yeah. Wow. And you've really, it's really grown into such a, oh, a yeah. great business. <laughs> I can we, we I, turn it into, you know, a national brand and we're continuing yeah. to grow that. And that's a dream because I am creative and that's what I always, I always wanted to create, but I didn't know maybe what it was that I wanted to do. And this is, this is definitely it. And and then it also allows me to do other things like my own, you know, my fashion business and I've consulted for brands and I love creating. So, you know, I kind of create all the merch and I work with the designer to create all the, the labels and the marketing and all of that. So, you know, I'm always creating. Yeah. You really have such a beautiful aesthetic. I've, I've you know, been to your clothing shop and even just the design of your bottles, the summer in a bottle. That is brilliant. <laughs> the that design was, of that, that bottle. That, that really came about because my friends, when I took, when I took over the company and my brother said to me, you know, Wolfer is like summer is like summer in a bottle. And so we were like, well, that's our ad campaign. We were so excited about it. And then Roman, the winemaker was like, well, we should actually just like make summer in a bottle. And the designer we worked with in England, like just, you know, we, we sat and had a beer in, in London and I told him all about my parents and about the history of the property and these wild parties in the, you know, in the eighties that they used to have. And he really captured kind of that, the bohemian spirit of that time and came to us with this, like pretty, I mean, it, what we didn't do a lot of takes, like it was pretty much the first thing he did. 
and it was perfect. So, so brilliant. Yeah. That, that's such a great, it's great to hear that story of the origins that they did really yeah. talk to you and yeah. it's tailored to, to your own spirit. So it's interesting. So you do have this bohemian chic aesthetic too. So your clothing and on, you know, what you share with the world on, on Instagram, on your social media. And that to me is, is kind of like free living, right? It, it's, it's this really just being open and free and, and open to other cultures and all of that. Yet at the, at 26, you really weren't free. You really took on this huge project. So I guess I'm just trying to say, I love that you, that's how you live your life, but you are, you know, I'll go back to that word juggling. <laughs> you're, you're, you've built these businesses and you're doing so much. So how do you do that? How do you, how do you manage so many different things and yet still just seem to have like this very calm? I've got my present. red notebook that has all my lists, my to-do lists, which I accomplished like three or four of. And I also probably, because I grew up in a different time, like, and we were not medicated, I probably have severe <laughs> ADD. So I try to, I try to write things down. As you know, by my emails, I like forget about writing back to emails, but it is like a little bit just who I am. I'm not an asshole. I just like, it's just like kind of my, who I am. And I'm also like really authentic. So I don't take on things that I don't believe are, are right for me or for my brand or for my family. So I think you know, I think I just try to live an authentic life where I am very open about who I am, which is something that I, I think that's why I enjoy Instagram so much because I think that there I can show that, that that's who I am and it's not a lie. Mm. You know, and I don't show like all glamour shots. I show some of the uh, moments where I'm lying on the floor, just praying that my three-year-old stops crying. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, you know, it's just who I am. I put it all out there. And then there are obviously people who don't like me and that's fine. And I think that's something as you get older, you accept that it's actually a better thing if not everyone likes you because you shouldn't cater to everybody. You should be totally fine in who you are and you will find those people who compliment you in your life. And I've had a, I've lived a lot of different places and had a lot of been kind of been different people. Mm -hmm. I've really found who I am late, like sort of in my thirties. So I, I have, I now know who, who are the people that make me happy and make me feel good. And that's who I surround myself with. That's great. Yes. And I, I do, that does come across in your Instagram. And I love, I don't think people want to see perfect people. I think they, you obviously have a big following because you inspire people. Do you, do you realize that you do inspire people? Does that keep you going at all? You get really, really nice messages. And it actually makes me really happy because sometimes I'm like, this is so, you know, kind of stupid. What a, it's so stupid and what a waste. And I, you know, I get down on myself a bit and then I get a really nice note and I'm like, you know what, this is great. You know, this is, and I got it during the pandemic. I was really sharing, like in the beginning, like in, you know, March, April, I was like really sharing. And I got a lot of people writing me and saying, thank you so much, you know, for sharing and for sharing your weaknesses and sharing what you're doing to stay strong. You know, I had to, I really like, I am a little bit of a lunatic and I'm open about that. You know, if my he head starts going too much, if I have too much time, I get really down. You know, that's yeah. just, that's just me, and I know that. And I, at the time, like I immediately took on somebody. I started talking to somebody because I was like, can't put this on my family, can't put this on my husband. Need to like talk to somebody, and I was really focused on working out because and then riding and and anything I could do to keep my brain from going too dark. You know. Because during the pandemic, just worried the anxiety, yeah, that that all the anxiety, and also like trying to be happy for your kids when you're like, mm -hmm. I have no idea if we're going to be okay. I actually can't tell you if we're going to be okay because I have no idea, you know? So it was that, I think that was the time when I really started to see that people really 
did like, you know, did relate to my Instagram and did feel it made them feel better. And so then I like, then I really enjoy it. When I do that, I, I when I see that, I, I really enjoy doing that because so many people inspire me and I, if I could pass it on to two people, then that's great. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, and that, that you're definitely passing it on to more than two people. So there is a purpose and you do it. You're humble. You know, you're not bragging about what you do and what you have that, as you said, you're authentic. I, I feel like that comes across You're you're sharing with the world. So yeah, I think that that's, that's, I, good. I think about it a lot. I'm very conscious of it. I don't put anything out there that I wouldn't look at myself and say, ew, this person is gross and overbearing <laughs> and, and, you know, look spoiled. I never want to look spoiled because no. I was not raised that way. Right. Yeah. No. And that, that's, that comes across with all that you are doing. So do you work with your husband? Is he part of the business? Oh, he runs, he's actually my boss, but like, let's okay. Yeah. <laughs> how, um, okay. Yeah. We didn't realize that. How is that going? Cause that can also be tough. Any marriage. <laughs> you know, in the beginning it was, it was a little tougher. You know, he is not an extrovert like me. He is way more introverted. He is like a triple engineering major. He is like really smart, you know, loves to read, kind of quiet, loved the loved, loved, loved quarantine. So we are different like that. But in the beginning, it was a little hard because it was like, people wanted to interview me and he was like, well, we're all part of this. And it was a little like, we were all finding our way, but I think we all realized that we, you know, my brother, me, him, we all realized that we bring different things to the table. And I think I know what I'm good at. Again, I would never try to like actually make the wine. I would never tell you that, you know, you need to add a little bit of sugar here or a little bit of you know, effervescence there because I don't know that. I can tell mm-hmm. you that, that flower on the label isn't going to work or that the logo doesn't work there, or I wouldn't do it that, you know, we all bring different things to the table. So we respect that in each other. And he had, he lives for spreadsheets. Like I can't, I, I look at a spreadsheet and my eyes blaze over. So it's like, we just bring different things to the table. And truthfully, I love working together because our life, like you said, it kind of all blends together, work, life, kids, mm. all of it. You know, we kind of like it and, and it's, and when you're working for yourself in the way that we are, and you're kind of living the brand, it doesn't really feel like it. Yeah. Okay. Some days there are some really shitty days. You know, when your companies grow, you deal with way bigger things, right? It's like bigger, smaller kids, smaller problems, bigger kids, bigger problems. <laughs> Same thing with a business. As your business grows, you have more problems, right? And I am so sensitive. I take everything so personally, but he is really rational. So that works. We just work with each other in that way. And I, I am like a kid who's having a temper tantrum, but knows they shouldn't be. When I'm having a meltdown, I know what it's happening. And I, uh, afterwards I'm like, okay, listen, I'm sorry. You know, I was really frustrated with this and I, I can move on again. It all, I think that all goes back to the ability that, of, that I have to move on. Yeah. Takes that self-awareness that that's big though. Not many people actually have that. I think people might talk about it or we hear the importance of it, but I think actually putting that into practice is, is hard for some people. So well, I think if you're not comfortable in your own skin, that's, that's mm. kind of the way it is. It's, it's when, once you become comfortable and by the way, like I have all these adorable 25 year olds that are around me working for me or, you know, I ride with and I, they, they'll come to me to talk to me about stuff. And I'm like, listen, I'm telling you right now, being 25, you couldn't pay me millions of dollars to be 25 again. No way. Wouldn't take it, would not take your money. This is the worst time in your life. It is the most important time in your life. And it will all pass. And that's the thing. It's like you go, like the Oprah quote, you go through that 
to become who you are in the end. Yeah. Yeah. That was such a tough time in my life. I remember. And that's actually, um, I was going to even ask you, what might you tell your 26 year old self? And it's interesting because you said that was the time that your father passed, but, but you just answered that question in a way with the 25 year olds that work for you, because that was, that's a tough age. It's really a tough age. And I really had no idea who I was. And truthfully, I had terrible boyfriends. I had like terrible taste in boys. And then I have a wonderful story of how I met my husband and kind of just like all, even though my dad died at that same time, my life all came, started coming together, you know, at Mm. kind of 26, like it all fell apart and then it started building. Wow. Well, again, the appreciation of when things don't work out, they start to fall apart. You can build back kind of better. That sounds, that sounds cheesy, but so true. That That's great. How did you guys meet? If you don't mind my asking. Know, no, no, no. It's, it's so different. It's actually yeah. like such a good story that I, ha- I should share it with everybody. We, I was going, I was working at the Jones Apparel Group, which is like no longer exists, but it was Nine West and Anne Klein and, and DKNY. And it was Rachel Roy. It was all basically a, a collective of brands. And I was the trend director and, you know, summer Fridays, which are like the funniest thing in the world because they don't actually exist. But anyway, I like, in, I was like, I'm leaving at one, my train's at one ten. I'm leaving. So I raced to the train and my boyfriend was coming from England and I wanted to get out to the Hamptons before he got there so that I could like kind of get our weekend ready for our friends, you know, very important. And I basically slid sliding door style into the train and right behind my husband, my now husband. And he was sort of checking me out because he's a fellow giant. He's six, five and I'm five, 11 and a half. (laughs) And so we got to the station in Jamaica and that's just to like, for anybody who's not a New Yorker or goes out to Long Island, it is the most packed platform you'll ever be on. And he, we're both obviously very tall. So he was on one side, I was on the other and he was smiling at me. So I was sort of doing that thing where you're like looking around, seeing who he could be smiling at. And then I was like, Oh me. And he's like, hi, are you going to the beach? I was like, yeah. So is everybody else on this train? <laughs> and then I was like, Oh, Joey, you're such a bitch. Okay. Sorry. I, uh, you know, everybody goes, who goes on this train goes to the beach. So that's why I said that, but come with me came with me and we sat and chatted for the whole way out to the Hamptons. And we ended up having gone to the same university, even though he's six years older, we both went to Vanderbilt. We both had German fathers. And by the time we got to Southampton, I was like, okay, we've got some problems here. Yeah. So like, <laughs> the boyfriend's coming and this is going to be complicated. So I gave him my number and we had flip phones then. And I turned my flip phone off as soon as I could, could. But before I did that, I was getting off the train and my friend texted me and she said, oh, I just saw you get off the train. You know, what are you doing? Whatever. And I said, oh, I just met the man I'm going to marry. Oh, it was wow. like, oh, you mean Stuart, the boy who was coming, the guy who was coming out? Just, I was like, oh, no, not him. <laughs> not him. <laughs> just this man I met on the train. And that was it. Wow. And where was he headed? The Montauk for the first time in his whole life. And little did he know he would spend the rest of his life in the Hamptons. Oh, wow. That's a good story. It's a good story. That's really nice. (laughs) There's like some parts that I can't tell you out loud, but they're really- Yeah, don't have to tell the world, but yeah, yeah, no, love that though. It's really, really good. I love that the conversation all the way out on the train, right? Yeah. So 
Yes. And these are the things that I miss that, you know, can you imagine being on a packed train right now? And I just was moving around New York City today, as I told you before we started recording, and it was a little bit weird, but I'm also still looking forward to it because, yeah. Are you, are you, you're obviously vaccinated? Yes. So, yes. So uh, just got my second one about 10 days ago. So, yes, it feels different and you feel kind of whole new. I went to the city last week and it was a little like, oh my God, what am I doing? But I also felt like, oh my God, my heart's going to explode. I'm so excited. You know, it was just like this feeling of like, exactly. the world again. It's, it's, it's such a, it's conflicting feelings, conflicting emotions. So like in the parks, they've been full of people and you see the kids going to school and just, I think a lot of schools are now finally back every day up on the Upper East, Upper East Side. But, and then it's a little bit overwhelming though too. You're like, those people are really close. So I think, yeah, it's just, I had, and I'd been out East too for much of this year, which has been amazing, but it's just getting used to it. And I just think that people need people. So just that sense of community is, is so important. And just having these random conversations with people. I did yeah. have a conversation today with somebody on the street and you're, you're, it's like weird for a minute and you're like, oh yeah, this is, this is how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, strangers talk to each other sometimes. So that's really nice. Well, we should wrap it up, but I've so enjoyed talking to you and I just, you've really shared so much. I didn't even have to ask you questions. Um, you've already answered kind of just so helpful. Like what, what keeps you going? And one thing that I definitely want to make sure I ask you is, is I know you ride and you love your fashion and, and you have your children, but what one thing really fills your cup and keeps you going and kind of energized on a day to day? I mean, I, I, it sounds so silly, but exercise really like whether it's a run or a, a class or whatever it is, I, if that, if I do that, I could, I feel like a superhero. And if I don't do that, I feel a little less like a superhero. But you know, it's 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 the thing that makes me turn off because I have to focus on whatever I'm doing at the moment. And it kind of sets me up for the day. I really, whether it's riding or running or whatever it is, I need to do something. That's so important. It's yeah. kind of boring, it's, but it's true. Like, no, I think it, it is. Know what, what makes you tick is really important. Absolutely. And when you don't do it, you can feel that something's missing. So (laughs) I really do, you know, and, and it's hard to fit it all in. And sometimes I'm just like, okay, I try to get myself up really early to try to do it. Yeah. Well, that, that's good too. Yeah. That I go in spurts doing that, getting up the crack of dawn before everybody else in the family. And then sometimes you're like, I just want that extra hour of sleep, but you still feel just as bad if you have that extra hour of sleep. The sleep doesn't actually help me more. It's like the exercise it does. Yes. Yes. That's great. And I think that's so important. Well, thank you so much, Joey, for joining us. And you're making me even more excited for summer. I'm just thinking about the summer in a bottle, which really does exist. Your wine is, is lovely. And yeah. And I can't wait to go to Sag Harbor and go back to your store too. I I, I bought a, a jeweled vintage jacket there two years ago and I just pulled it out of my closet. I was doing some spring cleaning and I'm so glad I bought that. And I didn't buy it for any occasion, but I ended up wearing it to a great party. And I was like, you know what? (laughs) It's making me want to go back to parties. So I think that is going to happen. That's going to happen very soon. For more information or to join our community, visit our website at monumentalme.com or follow us on Instagram at monumentalme.we. And if you have any suggestions for interviews, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at info at monumentalme.com.